Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coats present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with Love Is... how many of you ladies were in the midst of your spring house cleaning today. I'd like to say a few words, especially for your benefit, on the subject of protective housekeeping. That's a very important subject because it offers you a chance to save work and to save money. Let me explain just what I mean by protective housekeeping. Instead of keeping your floors, furniture, and woodwork clean during the year by scrubbing and dusting, you protect them against dirt and against wear with a tough coat of Johnson's paste or liquid wax. Then that coat of wax wards off scratches and dirt, makes cleaning and dusting much easier throughout the year, and makes annual spring house cleaning a much simpler affair. Dust and dirt cannot cling to a smooth, wax-polished surface. Fingerprints are quickly wiped away. Traffic areas on floors can be touched up without re-waxing the entire floor. When you consider that Johnson's Wax adds a rich glow of beauty to floors, furniture, and woodwork, that it has 100 extra labor-saving uses then you should certainly try protective housekeeping with Johnson's Wax in your home. Insist on the genuine Johnson's Wax. (laughs) Ever throw a kiss to a beautiful girl? Unsatisfactory, wasn't it? (laughs) So is a birthday without a birthday cake. And our hero is not the man to see his life partner neglected in this way. So, here at 79 Wistful Vista, cookbook in hand and a determined gleam in his eye, while his spouse stands by full of love and skepticism, we find Faber McGee and Molly. Oh, now, McGee, please, don't go to all that trouble. Put that cookbook down. What? If you must have a birthday cake for me, go out and buy one. No, sirree. I'm going to bake this with my own ever-loving hands. This is going to be a cake like you never flung a fang into. I'll bet it isn't that. <laughs> what kind of a cake is it going to be, dearie? Oh, shucks. I can't tell you that. It's going to be a surprise. Now, you go on in the other room and read a book or something. Oh, let me watch. Oh, you'll keep trying to tell me how to do things. No, I won't, really. Okay, then. Sit down and be quiet. Don't smoke till you're speaking to her. I mean, just quiet. Let's see. Budget cakes, sponge cakes, angel food cakes, upside down cakes, party cake. Ah, party cake. Party cake, party cake, baker's hand. Uh, now remember your promise. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Cake's 24. Oh, here we are. Six eggs, separated. Hey, Molly, where's the eggs? In the refrigerator. Why, that's no place to keep eggs. Takes twice as long to fry them when they're cold. I never thought of that. I'll keep them in the oven after this, dearie. Uh, let's see now. Eggs, milk, butter, horseradish. That'll do, I guess. No, see. 
heavenly days. You won't need all those pots and pans, will you? Look, now, you cook your way and I'll cook my way. Here, you hold three eggs and I'll put three of them back here on the shelf. What's the idea? What's the idea? The recipe says to separate six eggs. Oh. <laughs> okay, there's a cup and a half of sugar. Four cups of shifted cake flour. <laughs> quarter of a teaspoon of salt. Hmm, no pepper. <laughs> Two squares of chocolate. Okay, give me them eggs again. I guess they've been separated long enough. <laughs> Two, three, four, six, five. Boy, that's a lot of eggs. I should have bought you a fur coat. It would have been cheaper. <laughs> ah, me. Where's the egg beater? Right there in the drawer, right in front of you. So I always use a fork myself. Yeah. That's the trouble with you, Winnie. Some unsung genius spends his lifetime inventing the egg beater to save you trouble. And what do you do? Ignore it and use a fork. <laughs> well, now, listen, you men are no better. What do you mean? You spend your young manhood looking for a good cook to marry and then mess around the kitchen yourself. Here, what are you doing? I'm squirting a little sewing machine oil on this egg beater. It's kind of stiff. But listen, your cake will taste like oil. Oh, no, no, no. I took care of that. I mixed a little vanilla in with that oil. <laughs> yeah, that's better. Come in. Oh, dear. Hello there, kid. How are you fixed for postage stamps? I don't know, old timer. How many do you want? Don't want any. I'm selling them. Two cent stamps for one cent. Today only. Heavenly days. How on earth can you do that? Forgot to mail my Christmas cards this year, daughter. <laughs> Just found them and soaked the stamps off. <laughs> How many do you want? For every 50 you buy, I throw in a little bottle of blues. Hey, what you doing there, Johnny? Well, it's my birthday, Mr. Old Timer. He's baking me a cake. He is, eh? You know how to cook, Johnny? <laughs> well, we'll soon know. What do you mean, do I know how to cook? Sure, I know how to cook. I'm not only a cook, I was the greatest vegetable and fruit man in Peoria at one time. I never knew that, McGee. Well, I've been covering it up. That's why. <laughs> I wrecked my career. I was a failure. <laughs> How's that, Johnny? It's any of my business, which it ain't, but I'm interested, and when a fellow's interested, he can forgive a certain inquisitiveness because... Okay, 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 I'll tell you. <laughs> I was trying to raise a seedless watermelon. And I done it, too. And that's what finished me. Oh, well, if you succeeded, why did it finish you? Caused a terrific demand for seedless watermelons, and I couldn't sow it. Why not? I couldn't grow them. Why not? No seeds. <laughs> well, as I was saying, one feller says to the feller, such an act with flowers and vegetables, I could even bring them back to life long after they'd wilted. Why, well, take an old wrinkled beet and give it the McGee treatment and presto, back from the dead. Dead beet McGee, I was <laughs> Say, how about my cake? Dead beet McGee, the ding-dong daddy of the dirt doctors, drudging in the ditches from dawn to dusk over discolored, decrepit, and darn near defunct. Daisy's dog wouldn't be at ours. Dazzling daughters with my debonair displays of dilly-dallies, daffy-daffodils, and dandy dandelions discovered and developed by dead beet McGee. The diggity-digger and daddy doots and down on the delta and deep in Dixie, but shucks, I sound like a dad-ratted pixie. <laughs>
see. Skip the flour and salt together and fold into the oat mixture. So you know where my tin snips are? What on earth do you want tin snips for? I've got to cut down a teaspoon. Says oh. here to put in a fourth of a teaspoon of salt. <laughs> to make a fourth of a teaspoon. <laughs> Don't be silly. Just fill it a fourth full. Huh? Oh, say, I could do that, couldn't I? You know it was silly all the time. Yeah, those boars from Peoria left there. <laughs> Baby, is this going to be a cake? I'll bet it'll be a cake. I'll bet this'll make Cruden's penny feel like a nickel. I would have made you upside-down cake, but I don't have much luck with those. The blood keeps rushing to my head. <laughs> we'll see who that is at the front door, will you, Molly? I gotta finish mixing this batter. All right, dearie, and I hope it gets to first base. Huh? Oh. <laughs> I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Oh, can he bake a birthday cake, Cibber boy, Cibber boy? Can he bake a birthday cake, charming Cibber? He can bake a birthday cake that'll make your molars ache, but he's a young thing and cannot leave his mother. <laughs> Oh, McGee, it's Mrs. Uppington, and she wants to... Ah, what is that old... McGee, I said it's Mrs. Uppington, and she... Tell the old moose I don't want... Oh! Hi, Uppy. (laughs) (laughs) Good day, Mr. McGee. Good day. May I ask what you imagine you're concocting there? Well, it's a cake for me, Abigail. This is my birthday. Oh, really? Well, congratulations, my dear. (laughs) I won't ask which one it is, because I know. (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, which one? (laughs) Her love. Did she eat any of that cake? <laughs> oh, I don't know, Uppy. I swing a pretty nasty casserole when I put my mind to it. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, betcha. <laughs> Let me know when your next birthday limps around and I'll whip you up a cake, too. <laughs> Only give me plenty of notice. <laughs> Why, Mr. Dean? Well, you don't think we could get enough candles right here in town on short notice? <laughs> Well, I must say, Mr. McGee... Yeah, that that's think... right. That was a very bad insinuation, dearie. I'm sure Abigail isn't many years older than I am. So I was a little flower maiden at your wedding. Remember, Abigail? Oh, indeed I do, my dear. <laughs> indeed I do. Even though I was still a slip of a girl at the time, I remember asking an usher to get you a chair. You looked so tired. Well, uh, I was just tired from laughing so hard. What was the joke? <laughs> Otis Cadwallader, you know. Oh, that much. Otis was one of the little boys who was carrying the train of Abigail's wedding dress. And he had it a little too high, and he whispered that the bride was bow-legged. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I ever believed it, Abigail. Well, I should have... Until I saw you in your job first. Please, Mrs. McGee, I, I think the discussion of my nuptials has gone far enough. Yes, me too, girls. We sure squeeze that subject right. <laughs> Let's get back to birthdays. You want me to bake a cake for your birthday, too? Thank you. No, Miss McGee. I have all my special pastry made by an expensive caterer. My last birthday cake cost me $75. Oh, not really. Did you demand an itemized bill, Abigail? Itemized? Yeah, it was probably five bucks for the cake and 70 bucks hush money. (laughs) Really, Miss McGee? Well, I have never been snubbed like this in all my life. Honest, Abigail? You ought to walk down the street in San Diego some night when the fleet's in. Abigail. Yeah. Well, how are you doing with your cake? Well, it's coming along swell. Well, it's kind of tricky folding these egg whites. They, they won't hold a crease. <laughs> hey, I haven't got enough sugar. Now, I don't... That 
Rabbit, can't a guy bake a cake in peace around here? Come in. Why don't people... Oh, good day, Mr. Wimple. How do you do? <laughs> May I step in a moment out of the wet? Oh, is it raining? No, I've been crying. <laughs> you poor man, come right in. What's the matter? My wife. We had a terrible argument this morning, and I'm afraid I lost my temper. Oh. I actually shook my fist at him. You did, eh? Was she scared? Fortunately, she didn't see me. <laughs> you know, I think you're just too meek, Mr. Wimple. You should stand up for your rights. A woman has no respect for a man she can dominate. Oh, I know that, Mrs. McGee. And I really went round and round with her once. Did it do any good, Wimple? <laughs> yes, for a while. But as soon as I got out of the hospital, it started all over again. <laughs> it's really discouraging. Oh. Well, what can we do for you, Mr. Wimple? I just wondered if you had a small piece of raw beefsteak I could borrow. My wife has a black eye. What? A black eye? Why, Wimple, you mean you actually... Oh, no, Mr. McGee. She tried to chase a dog out of our yard and stepped on the race. Flew up and hit him in the eye. Oh, well, that's too bad, but I'm sorry we haven't got a bit of raw beefsteak in the house. Personally, I never thought much of that beefsteak treatment for black eyes anyway, Wimple. Oh, I didn't want it for an eye, Mr. McGee. Huh? I was going to give it to that dog, bless his heart. <laughs> Experience. Oh, I don't know. Probably the only time in her life an old rake ever made a pass at her. <laughs> Must have been quite a... Hello, folks. What's this? The... Oh, say, what goes on? Molly's birthday, hello. Hello, hello. I'm running up a cake. Really? Well, many happy returns, Well, Molly. thank you, Mr. Wilcox. And the balance of the day to yourself. Here, let me give you a hand with that cake, Bibber. No, no, let go, Harlow. I know what... Hey, look out! Oh, oh now, Mr. Wilcox, see what you boys did. Still a big job of batter on my linoleum. Yeah. Oh, that's all right, Molly. It's a simple matter to wipe it up with a damp cloth. That is, if your linoleum is protected with... Uh... We know. Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. And you spilled that stuff on Pepper so you could drag in the sales talk. The idea is if you had to prove to me, of all people, how Johnson's glow coat protects the linoleum. Yes, I'm sorry. I should have known I wouldn't have to tell you how it's so easy to apply and shines itself as it dries and how it brings out the original luster and beauty of the pattern... Why? What was I thinking of, anyway? Aren't you ashamed? Yes, I feel pretty bad. Well, just for that, I won't give you a piece of this birthday cake when it's done. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> oh, now I do feel bad. <laughs> oh, that's awful. No cake. <laughs> I guess that'll teach me a lesson. Well, happy birthday, Molly. <laughs> no cake. <laughs> trouble with that guy is he's got a single-track mine, and it's full of freight cars loaded with Johnson's wax. <laughs> well, how about that sugar? Well, I'll go right away, dearie. No, man. no, now, wait a minute. It's your birthday, and you're not supposed to do anything. I'll get it. Here, untie the tape. Thanks. I'll be back in just a Will you? 
You can't see her, mister. Now, don't be obstinate, sis. I'm not being obstinate. I bet you I'm being nice. Well, what's so nice about not letting me see your mother? She's taking a bath. <laughs> oh, why didn't you say so? Well, you didn't ask me. Well, look, maybe you can handle this deal yourself. How's about the loan of a cup of sugar, sis? Well, I'm for a graduated. <laughs> you mean granulated. Hmm? I said you mean granulated. Graduated means when you get out of school. I know it. I bought this sugar this afternoon on the way home. <laughs> well, how about it, sis? Mister, I told you once, you can't see her. She's taking the bath, don't you remember? I'm talking about a cup of sugar. Forget your mother. I will not. She never forgets me. <laughs> I didn't mean that you should. Look, let's start over. All righty. Hi, sis. Can I borrow a cup of sugar? <laughs> that isn't the way you did it before. <laughs> You asked if you could see my mother. Well, I'm doing it different this time. All I want is a cup of sugar. What you gonna do with it? Oh, I'm baking a cake. Oh. <laughs> no fooling, mister. What do you want with it? <laughs> I told you I'm baking a cake. It's my wife's birthday. Can you really cook, mister? Can you really, hmm? Certainly I can cook. Come over and see the cake in a couple of hours. I'll, I'll cut you a slice. Yeah, I wish I had a slice of it now, I bet you. Why? I'm... Oh, you know. <laughs> Wait here and I'll go get you some sugar, mister. The King's Men sing Three Blind Mice. Three Blind Mice. Three little innocent mice. M O 
Well, uh-oh. You don't mind if I just call you Mal, do you? <laughs> I started too big and I ain't got room on here for Molly. Oh, that's all right, dearie. I think it looks useful. Shall I get the candles? No, I'll get them. Where are they? In the hall closet. Okay, you get them. <laughs> all right, and I won't get met as many either. Huh? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Ma'am? Sorry. I don't want to be like the girl who said she was 21, and when they brought home the cake, it looked like a prairie fire. <laughs> that gag will never be 21 again, either. <laughs> oh, can he bake a birthday cake, Pepper boy, Pepper boy? Can he bake a birthday cake? Oh, I mean, he can mix a batter up into a nifty hunk of stuff, but Here's he's... The candles, what? What? You mean you opened that hall closet without a... I don't believe it. <laughs> Let me go take a look. You start putting the candles on the table. All right, dearie. I'll do that. Oh, dear. Who's that now? Come in. Oh, there, Mrs. McGee. Uh, good day. Oh, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, mm, I see you've been baking yourself a cake. <laughs> Looks delicious. Oh, I didn't bake it, Mr. Gildersleeve. McGee did it. What? Why, that... He did? <laughs> Why, that little cake cooker. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I must congratulate the little rascal. Where is he? Well, he just went in the other room to check up on the... Checking up, eh? <laughs> I hope he survived it. <laughs> so he baked his cake, did he? Well... I see it's a birthday cake for you. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations, my dear. Well, thank you, Mr. Gildersleeve. My goodness, this is an occasion. I'll just have to have a piece of this cake in honor of your birthday, Mrs. McGee. Oh, now you better wait for McGee, Mr. Gildersleeve. He might be annoyed at Oh, you. my little chum wouldn't begrudge me a little piece of cake. Come, come now, my dear. Hand me a knife. <laughs> thank you. Ah. Uh, well, cuts nicely, doesn't it? <laughs> Care for some yourself? No, thank you. Not now. I'll wait till... Oh, hi, Gildersleeve. Yes, <laughs> Why? Yeah. Uh, he thought you wouldn't mind his taking a piece of your cake, dearie. Well, of all that had rather nice. I baked that cake for my little wife, Gildersleeve. You got a lot of brass barging in here and hogging the first piece. Why? Uh, now, look here, McGee. Whose birthday is this, yours or your wife? Well, it was my cake, and you didn't have any right to... Oh, now forget it, yeah. After all, it is my birthday, and I don't want any bickering. Well, Chuck, if this big large bucket had the manners of a well-bed hyena, he'd have known better than to come barging... Hey, look at Throckmorton. He's turning purple. Oh! Heavenly days, what's the matter, Mr. Gildersleeve? Oh, don't fuss about him, Molly. He'll do anything to attract attention. Quit clowning, you big ape. No, McGee, he's not clowning. There's something the matter with him. He's pointing to his throat. See? Oh, you spoke... Hey, Gildersleeve, what's the matter? What did you put in that cake, you little criminal? I swallowed something. Get me a doctor, quick! Oh, my gosh, he did it. Quick, Molly, call an ambulance. We've got to get him to a hospital. Oh, 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 oh. oh, now, wait a minute. Take it easy now. He just swallowed a nutshell or a cork out of the vanilla box. Oh. Do something quick, McGee. Maybe it was ground glass. <laughs> Hurry up, Molly. Call an ambulance. This, this is serious. Go on. Here, Gildersleeve. Lie down here on the kitchen table. Yeah. Loosen your collar and tie. Yeah. Now, take it easy. Oh. oh, what was it, McGee? What did I eat? Now, don't worry, Gildersleeve. You'll be all right. Go fast. Mr. Driver. 
have you in the hospital in three minutes, Mr. Gibbons. Oh, maybe this will teach you not to make a pig of yourself, Rocky. I know. I'm sorry, McGee, and I, I certainly appreciate all the trouble you're going to, to to save me, little chum. What do you mean, save you? I baked a diamond ring in that cake for Molly. That's what I'm trying to say. Hang oh. it up, driver. Save you. We'll be back in just a moment. You know, every now and then it's a good idea to get back to fundamentals. The other day a lady asked me, why does Johnson's self-polishing glow coat make linoleum last longer? That's certainly a fundamental question and deserves an informative answer. Here it is. In the old days, women used to scrub their linoleum floors at least once a week in an effort to keep them clean. Now, every linoleum manufacturer will tell you that continual scrubbing actually ruins linoleum. It softens the finish and finally makes it warp and split. In the meantime, the colors fade. Johnson's Glow Coat eliminates this continual scrubbing. It actually covers the linoleum surface with a hard coat that protects it against scratches and scuffing feet and preserves the colors bright and fresh. Many women tell us that Glow Coat makes their linoleum last six times longer than when it was unprotected. And besides this protection and beauty, Johnson's Glow Coat saves hours of work because it is self-polishing, needs no rubbing or buffing whatsoever. If you don't have a supply of Johnson's Glow Coat on hand, be sure and add it to your next shopping list. Well, McGee, this should teach you a lesson to stay out of the kitchen. You know, it's no place for a man. Is that so? Well, don't forget to remember the highest paid cooks in the world are men. Why, of course they are. Betcha. Women are too smart to spend 12 hours a day over a hot stove. Huh? Oh, <laughs> good night. Good night, all. <laughs> This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for the home and for industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. George, I'm getting ashamed of the looks of our car. I just won't ride in it until you get it polished. Now, that might be serious if it weren't so easy to clean and wax polish a car these days. Now that we have Johnson's Car New, the sensational auto polish that both cleans and wax polishes in one application. If you're getting a little ashamed of the looks of your car, just stop at your dealers. Buy a can of Car New and have the fun of riding in a new-looking car again. Ask for Johnson's Car New. C-A-R-N-U. This is the National Broadcasting Company. This is Chicago, WMAQ. 